Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured, for better and sometimes worse, across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. So today I'm answering questions from potential uh, Royal Marines recruits. And the first one is, what's the first year like after commando training or after your Royal Marines training? Basically, when you've you've earned the green berry and you've gone to your commando unit. Now, it's a really good question. I went to 4-2 commando which is just outside Plymouth. All of us in our troop, we got our drafts that we we, we uh, put our names down for. And it's great when you leave Limpston because you leave wearing your green berry. Well, I left, you know, dressed more like this. Some people did actually leave wearing them, which I thought they they looked a bit like knobs, really. <laughs> just saying it but uh yeah but you know you leave Limston with a massive sense of pride right you've passed the toughest military training in the world you've nailed it you finally got there whether you've been back trooped or or whether you passed out as an original your family's all been there to you know cheer you along and that's great but then you get your long weekend or you maybe get three weeks of leave whatever it might be you have to go and join, turn that light around a bit, sorry. You have to go and join your commander unit. And then it's role reversal, right? Because now you're at the bottom of the pile again. Um, even when you've got your green berry, trained marines seem like, up here in terms of respect, right? And they, I guess they kind of are. The, the Marines does work very much on, um, like, you know, if you've done your time, you've done your time. You turn up at your commander unit, you report to the guard room. Uh, I was, and, and this is where it becomes interesting because the guy, the corporal behind the desk in the guard room went, all right, I see you made it. And it took me a second to realise it was one of our corporals from training. I say it took me a second to realise because he'd, um, he'd left our training team after the first month or something. Um, so I hadn't seen him for you know, seven, maybe eight months. And, um, and of course, your, your first reactions go, oh, hello, corporal. And then they'll go, no, you don't. Don't you don't say that? 
you don't you don't say that stuff in a unit, not to corporals. It's all first name terms. Sergeant is sergeant. Um, and obviously colour sergeant is colours and, and so forth. But corporals is it's your first name terms, right? So that was that. You can get moved into your grot, that's your room. Um, if you're living aboard, that means if you're living on the camp, you might be an outlier, which means you live at home if, if you live nearby or you rent a flat or something. Um, and it's interesting. I'm just going to talk here, folks, otherwise I, I trip over my words. But the things that come to mind there is, first of all, we're on rear party. All the unit was away on exercise. They were in Norway. So we rocked up to a pretty much an empty camp bar, say, for example, 50 blokes. And you don't see all those 50 at any one time because the guard is done on shifts, right? You do one day, one day guard, two days off. Um, so the unit was quite empty. We've got in our room um, and when the unit came back, that room immediately got smashed up. I was put in support company. Basically, I was put in support company accommodation. A support company are renowned for being nutcases, right? It's all that, all those heavy weapons they fire. And as, when they came back off exercise, I'm asleep one night. And these guys come in and they're pissing on the other bloke's bed, ripping the doors off the lockers smashing the lockers over and it's it's kind of okay that behavior once in a while but it's just not for everybody right you know what i'm saying you just get on and deal with it because you want to be a a, a marine but when i moved off camp uh, i'm going to say that was you know it's quite nice to live off camp you haven't got to put up put up with any of that stuff when you live off camp, you get an outliers uh, locker room. So you get a locker in an outliers room and that's yours then. And you put all your uniform and your ironing, you know, your iron or whatever in it. And then you get changed every day. Hop on your bike or hop in your car or motorbike and off you go home. Um, we went for a run. So when we're on this rear party... You still fall in, not on your day off after guard, but on the other days you fall in in the morning. You basically do PT. And then after that PT, the court will say, right, fellas, just fuck off home. That's it. And you're like, yeah. But uh, that first run, we set off at such a pace, which probably wasn't that much of a pace, but after eight months at Limston, my body was drained. I was physically drained. Probably been eating too much meat and carbohydrate and not enough fresh green leafy vegetables, but I was drained. We got a mile down the road and I realised I couldn't keep up. I was just shattered. Just it was it was hard. These guys are all running like spring chickens, right? So I was like, oh, I'm just going to, we passed a Tesco's. Well, I'm just going to go and use the toilet. I didn't use the toilet. I'll just walk back to the camp. 
and it brought back all those feelings of am I really doing the right thing you know not feelings of worthlessness but just like oh my god what am I sort of doing um I'm not sure how uh that energy came back to me if I was honest I never had a, another problem on another run but um yeah that particular one I did that was it when the unit came back we immediately started training for combat northern the northern ireland conflict and you get treated pretty much with respect i mean you've earned a green berry right but for some people that don't mean shit and they're going to try and bully you no matter what and you get some quite intimidating blokes um in the marines you know it's it, i think i said this before you you don't want to start becoming a victim of bullying you're better just to launch yourself at someone and smack them in the face as hard as you can and if they beat you up just take it because then they'll i promise they'll leave you alone after that if they know you're going to fight back they'll leave you alone right bullying the world over isn't it um but yeah most people treat you with respect um it's fine but out of every sort of 30 people i found you got one that didn't like you for whatever reason i mean i'm not saying this is the case with everybody but you know that was my experience and depending what rank they are depends whether you can you know if it's a fellow marine it's like being in prison you get provoked you've got to fight you've just got to fight back hopefully it won't happen to you maybe times have changed maybe things are easier but um yeah i say that because that's probably on your mind isn't it if you're joining the marines what's it like when you get to a commander unit um but just remember everybody gets through that right i spent seven years in in the marines that what that problem popped up now and again, but like I say, because I, I wasn't afraid to face it, it, it keeps everyone at arm's length from you, right? And most blokes are actually just really nice. Uh, going to Northern Ireland was a real eye-opener. It was, for the first few days, nothing happened. I'm not going to talk all about Northern Ireland here because it's the, the case for uh, the story for another day. But when you first go out the gate, you're in a British city and you're carrying an SA-80 rifle, right? You're carrying an automatic, basically a machine gun and you're walking down the main street. Sometimes you walk down the middle of the cars in a, in a, in a, in a major British or Irish city, obviously, depending on your your perspective, and that's that's quite an eye opener. And then when things started going down, when things started going bang, when uh, Jock on patrol behind me got shot three times, and then the sniper turned his sights on me, that's where it started getting interesting, and uh, that it starts to hit home to you then that you're you're a Royal Marine. The Royal Marines Commando, and you are 
you know, you're in combat, you're doing the business, right? You're on active service. Uh, yeah, just one of those feelings that just kind of a mix of a mix of the surreal. Do you know what I'm saying? After Ireland, uh, well, you go on leave. You get quite generous leave in the military. And I don't think leave is ever felt the way it did when you're at Limston. When you're at Limston, you get that real sense of pride, don't you, going home. You can't wait to see all your mates and just be a Marine around them, right? Um, and that reminds me, I was going to talk about the violence because I had this conversation with someone the other day. But yeah, training, you're really proud. When you're in a commander, it's, it's that's kind of tamped down a bit. You know, you, you, you're kind of going home on leave, but I was going, I mean, I live near the barracks anyway, so it wasn't such a massive, uh, a massive thing, but going on leave was always fun. Just, just getting off work because you're paid every day, right? You're paid 24, seven, three, six, five. Um, so the more leave you can get, the better. Uh, so I'll talk about spare time and the violence. The, the reason I mention the violence is you get into the drinking culture. You know, that first, uh, well, the, the early initial stages of Boone Ridge, you're going downtown. And of course, they've indoctrinated you to think you're superior to civilians. And you really do, you kind of feel that, you know, you've been, I don't know if brainwashed is the right word, but they've got to get you to feel this way, right? So that you won't think twice about killing people in a, in a war, war zone. And you'll be in a pub and a civilian will say the wrong word. And not, this is not everybody, you know, the, the, the Marines is a representation of all different walks of life and not everybody's you know, got the that propensity for violence against a random stranger. But, uh, you know, you getting quite a fair amount of fights. Some people just went out downtown just to bang people out. And they would bang out three civvies in one, one go. Like, bang, bang, bang. Um, it's quite extreme when you think about it. I tended to get in a situation where I'd just get drunk and if a civilian said something wrong, you'd just, you know, you'd just go in, you'd just go in for the fight then. And uh, don't think it matters being a Marine. If you're really drunk, you, you're kind of going to lose the fight, fight anyway. And we quite often did. Norway, that was interesting. Uh, quite exciting. It's one of it was, I think Norway is the first time I'd been to a snowy sort of country, and I trained myself to ski on one of these plastic ski slopes before I went. Of course, it's a different kind of skiing, uh, but it did help to kind of get the basics of what skiing is into your head. And when you're in Norway, you 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 often get the weekends off to go downhill skiing. You go to your nearest, uh, a bus will be laid on and you'll go to your nearest um, ski resort. So I was, uh, ours was Lilyhammer, 
which is an Olympic downhill. And yeah, it's exciting. You get there, you land, you get on buses and then suddenly you're driving through this thick snow. And they've got poles in the roads just to show you where the road is because the snow is just everywhere. The drivers follow these poles. The buses don't slow down because they have these little metal spikes in the tyres. So you're thinking, how come we're not sliding off the road? This guy's doing like 70 down this, down this road. And it was good. Yeah, Norway was a fascinating experience. Again, I'll talk more about it in another video, but this is the kind of general overall um, discussion. Um, was it cold? No, as you're going to hear a million times, it's a different type of cold. There were a couple of times it, it, it was a bit bitter when the blizzards come in, but um, you basically, you train during the week. The weekend is excessive drinking. I'll talk about drinking culture in another video. Um, also, or it's for going downhill skiing, or it's for just putting your military skis on, grabbing a thermos flask in, in, in your... Um, in your day pack, plus your safety gear, and going out of a mate and just go just going go ski touring. That's great fun. The first time you put a Bergen on and skis, I thought it was a joke. I seriously thought someone was winding me up. You got an 80 pound Bergen on a pair of skis. I I I couldn't see how it was possible. The first thing you do is just bang, slip over on your ass. You get up, bang, you slip over on your ass. You get up, bang. You get the impression. You get to the first slope, even if it's really gentle, and all the trained marine, the, you know, the Arctic trained marines are just flying down this slope, and you're there putting your sticks in, and suddenly, whoop, you got it. Bang, you're on your ass. And, uh, yeah, but there is hope. You get better at it. You learn to lighten your Bergen so you've literally, you've got a toothbrush and a spare pair of boxer shorts, <laughs> right? And, you know, not a hell of a lot more. Um, and then your skiing gets better. In the end, I could just ski along without any problem at all. We used, we used to go off um, with our ski instructor, our corporal, MSI, they call them, military ski instructor. We used to find um, basically cliffs. And over the edge of that cliff, you'll have a big buildup of snow. It's called a cornice. We used to go cornice jumping. So our instructor would go, right, fellas, no balls, no blue chips. And we would just ski off these cliffs. And of course, you fall maybe 20, 30 feet, but you're landing in soft snow on, on a slight slope anyway. The idea was you try and keep your balance, but we we very often didn't. And yeah, Norway was good. You do the ice breaking drills. Watch my video on ice breaking drills. Um, overall, it's very tough when you're there. When you're young uh, and you're not kind of hardened yet. Northern Ireland was easy, you know, great fun. Easy, great fun. Um, Yes, we, we had a lad killed, uh, which obviously wasn't nice. But overall, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, I never, I was, they always say you should be afraid in war, shouldn't they? Don't they? But 
I, ne I honestly never was. Norway was just, you know, it was hard in the beginning. And when they pile equipment on you, like you might have the, is it the 84, the cold gust stuff, the 84 millimeter mortar. Back in the day, we had these tent sheets that used to get frozen and everybody put their tent sheets together and they would leave them together, this frozen massive tent, and one of you would carry it and it was insane. For a guy like me, I was barely 10 stone. It was just ridiculous. Better to give it to one of the 16 or 18 stone guys, right? So yeah, so that's Norway. Um, I was quite happy that at 4-2 Commando, you're going to do Ireland and you're going to do Norway, right? At least back then. So I was happy when I did that. I put him for a ship and I got on an aircraft carrier and then begun one of the best years of my life. So I hope that helps you. Hope it answered the question, what's your first year out of training like? Um, we had guys that had left by this time. They just did one year. I think the return of service is two and a half years now. But back then, um, I think back then it was 18 months return of service and 18 months notice. So already by this time, we, you, you get guys that are thinking about leaving, right? But overall, it's it was great. One thing that is shocking, though, about being in the Marines is the amount of people that die. Um, it's fairly prolific in proportion to your civilian counterparts. We had um, one of my mates who I was on this rear party with, I mentioned, went home on leave. Got chased by the police, pissing around, jumped off a, a roof and landed on a spike and he was dead. Simo was a, a very nice chap I served with in Northern Ireland. Um, he went home on leave and was joining the uh, uh, dual carriageway on his motorbike and bang, he was dead. There was a couple of lads went to Thailand. They were train surfing, got up on the roof of the train, basically in Thailand. Didn't see a bridge coming, a tunnel. They were dead. Uh, one lad was killed at the end of our training uh, in a car crash, home on leave. Um, yeah, it it happens and it just seems to happen quite. Maybe it's just because, you know, so many young men, right? Maybe it's it, maybe that's norm, a normal ratio, but yeah, it just seems like it's a lot. What happens then is you have an auction. Um, you have a kit auction, which traditionally has been done in the Navy to raise money for that sailor or that Marine's family. Perhaps that's something else I can talk more about. So, yeah, I'm going to shut up. Thank you for watching. Uh, any questions, put them below. And uh, yeah. Go and be awesome. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris.Thrall. Thank you.